Hello and welcome to He's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And uh, today we're going to talk about The Mustang, mm. which is a uh, sort of western drama written and directed by uh, Lord de Clermont-Tonnerre, mm. someone I've not heard of, don't really have any information on right now. Me neither. Do we know if it's a woman at least? Yeah, she's a lady. Okay. It stars uh, Matthias Schoenertz, who's yeah. Belgian, and I think he's great in this. Um, it's about a real life, although it's not a documentary, but it's based on a real life prisoner rehabilitation program that operates in a number of uh, western states in the USA. So this one specifically is set in Nevada, mm. in which inmates train Mustangs that have been captured, Mustangs, you know, the wild horses of the American West, and they're introduced explicitly as icons of the American West. Mm. There's, there's a couple of opening... Uh, sort of titles that say this is what the Mustangs are and these ones in particular have been captured and are trained up uh, in this program to have some use to uh, society and to be sold off at auction. So this prisoner is, uh, his name is um, Roman Coleman. Mm. He's really withdrawn, he's within himself. He seems to kind of know himself. It's not like he has a kind of unpredictable violence in him but there is a violence in him. Mm. And... Uh, he ends up on this outdoor work program just shoveling all the manure, but he ends up quite quickly being put into actually training these horses with mm. a lot of other inmates. And in in so doing, he discovers a certain humanity about himself. He opens up, he connects with this horse. Uh, the film has some extremely predictable plot points. I mean, I don't think there's a moment in the film you couldn't guess was going to happen. Yeah, it's not a good film. Oh, no, I really liked it. Well, you might like it, but it's not a good film. Well, okay, why is it not a good film? It's not a good film because it's too obvious, you were just saying. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's nothing that you couldn't predict. Yeah, but I and think everything that Pixar does is obvious, and I think they make good films. Well, I don't think, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think uh, you know, Pixar films are much more textured than this. Uh, this is a very simple and simple-minded film. Yes. No, I agree. Yeah, so... But I still liked it. I think it's extremely good at what it does. Well, I think um, some things are good and some things aren't. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, the whole film is, like you said, about his opening up. He's somebody who doesn't mm. like people. Yeah, and he's he feels he's better off in solitary confinement. So what you see is a gradual opening up through a relationship that he has with his horse. There's a subplot about the stealing of ketamine uh, uh, in which uh, his daughter gets threatened. There's also another subplot about the relationship with his daughter. Um, I think, you know, the the subplot with the relationship with his daughter is actually part of his own journey. Mm. Uh, and I think it's the best part. The whole ketamine thing is like banal in the extreme. It feels like it's been cut down somehow. It feels like there was more to it. I, I couldn't... There's, yeah, the thing about ketamine is it's just this bloke who's in his cell who's who's quite threatening, says, I want this ketamine, you're going to get it for me, I know where your daughter lives. Mm. Um, and then he goes and gets the ketamine, which is not guarded or anything like that. And that's sort of it. It's yeah. really nothing. Um, I think those are real weaknesses in the film. Uh, I also have problems with any type of film that... Um, looks that is set in the American prison system 
and doesn't denounce all its obvious faults, uh, you know, which is that the prisons are run for profit, uh, that kind of people are sold into a kind of slavery in jail, as we found out, mm. uh, that, um, uh, uh, you know, um, black people are incarcerated completely out of proportion to the population. Uh, you know, there's so, there's so many criticisms of prison to make. So actually to say, oh, here's this nice horse program where, you know, which really helps the inmates is um, is good, I suppose, but not if it lacks everything else. Yeah, I was surprised actually at the end when, um, you know, obviously having gone through this program, you get these titles at the end that describe the real life uh, program and they talk about um, how prisoners who been involved in these programs are much less likely to reoffend, and you can understand why you get yes. these photos of real life prisoners with their horses that they've mm. connected with and you kind of you feel that um but i mean i was i was surprised because um the film is essentially uncritical of the prison system yes um it doesn't show it to be kind of wonderful and humane but it doesn't criticize it nearly as much as it could or should that's right and the film has the opportunity to do so, and this is what I mean by it's lacking texture, because, you know, to have it set in the mountains and to have the horses and to have the relationship with the horses does not negate kind of dealing with everything else. Mm. You know, I mean, you could have, you know, just kind of through background or images or, you know, a tiny incidents kind of, you know, set the main story, but actually added everything else. And this is why I think it's a poor film. Mm. It's very one note. It is very one note, um, but I like the one note that it plays. <laughs> you know, I think it plays a man well. and his horse. Yeah, man, it, I mean, it is. It really is that simple. It is a man and his horse, and you know the film. I mean, the film doesn't open up on the prison. It opens up on these on these images of wild mustangs, um, and you know, I, I mean, there's there's some very beautiful photography, and it's interesting kind of photographing a horse because they are incredible to look at, but you can't necessarily always get a good read on their faces. They don't really have facial expressions in the same way that other animals do. Um, you have to read into their body language and the way they hold their ears and things like that. Um, but you do get some kind of wonderful imagery here and then the horses start running and you hear this rumbling and you go, what's that? Mm. It turns out it's a helicopter. So, you know, this, and I think the photography at the start is fantastic with these kind of long lens shots that just show this, this um, landscape just kind of filling the screen from mm. top to bottom, you know? these horses running across it and they can't escape from this from these helicopters and so the start is these horses are taken prisoner cut to the prisoner um roman uh, in this uh, sort of interview with um with a, a sort of prisoner official who's trying to figure out where she, where she can put him and yeah you know, what kind of yes. she can put him in so the film um very transparently from the start says this horse and this prisoner are the same thing mm. you know to the to the extent actually that you know these horses they don't have to they don't like travel off site to go and train these horses they are on site they're next door to the prison mm. you know like they're within the same sort of barbed wire walls you mm. know um and you know so that so the horse in particular the horse that roman trains that he ends up calling um marcus uh is is kind of they're warned about him being you know that don't go near him because he's a dangerous horse, he's unpredictable, blah, 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 and he's kept in a separate pen in solitary confinement. Um, and the horse and Roman share this same kind of deep-lying desire and willingness 
to connect to someone, but mm. a kind of a, a, a behavioral barrier to doing so. Yeah, it's almost it's like again banal, really. Like you know, it's kind of extremely simplistic allegorization. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also didn't like Connie Britton, who plays the um, the officer who assigns him oh, to right, that. Yeah. And runs and runs the community group. I kind of, I thought she was like too harsh. And again, kind of one note, really. Mm. Um, she's a she's a famous TV star from Nashville. Um, I never saw Nashville. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I liked it very much. But uh, you know, it's surprising to see her here. And then, you know, kind of, I don't think she does enough with it, really. Um, no. Though it's yeah. a very light role too, with not a lot in it. Um, some of the some of the horse stuff. You, uh, I wasn't surprised when in the closing credits, Robert Redford's name came up as an executive producer, because I think you can feel his kind of. Um, there's something in the way that the horses are, uh, just so pleasant and humanized and dealt with so gently and that sort of thing by the film. Yes, that you kind of. You kind of feel him. I mean, did, when when um, Roman punches the horse early on, when he yes. doesn't know what he's doing, did you did you feel? What did you feel towards Roman when that happened? Um, well, you know, I grew up around kind of horses. Yeah, you and, grew up around everything. Well, you know, kind of. I, and I remember my uncle punching a horse. <laughs> you know, uh, I think the horse tried to bite him, and my uncle just punched him in the nose. Mm. So I didn't. You know, I mean, I think in the film, it's meant to be this exceptional outburst of violence. And uh, well, I know. think in the film, it's that Roman doesn't know what he's doing at all, and he's being told this is like his second experience with the horse, and he's being told by Bruce Dern, who is the kind of um, operates this scheme and knows what he's doing, and kind of encouraged by all the other inmates, get in there and 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 uh, you know calm this horse down, and he doesn't know how to do it, he doesn't know mm. what he's doing, so he's not provoked by the horse in the mm. way that your uncle was, mm. um, and. You know, Bruce Dern then says, when they kind of tackle him and stop him from punching the horse, he says, if you ever go near a, a horse again, yes. I'll make sure you're in prison for another 10 years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but I, I kind of, to an extent, I, f- I really felt sympathy for Roman at that point because he didn't know what he was doing and clearly he was apologetic for it. And... Was it just after that that he ends up in the solitary confinement in the yes. prison, and he kind of you feel him sort of he's he's just barely started to make a connection with a horse, mm. despite the fact that he completely behaved in the wrong way. Mm. Um, and you know, I really felt his his kind of sense of interiority and trying yes. to. Yes, I mean, I think Matthias Schonertz is such a great, great actor, mm. right? And I think what's interesting for me about seeing him here is that he's playing an American, you know. So, I mean, here's, you know, a huge European star, you know, Bullhead, Rust and Bone, all these, you know, huge international art house hits. uh, Where he's always playing, I suppose, this kind of character, yeah, working class, kind of on the margins, right? So he does it here, but he does it as an American. Um, And I thought he was, he was fantastic, you know, in kind of uh, evoking this coiled kind of interiority, yeah, like, 
you know, uh, uh, someone who's really closed in on himself and recessive, but on the other hand, kind of very strong, yeah, and somebody who could potentially damage other people, right? But he's like mm. completely inside himself. Um, and the the opening up, I mean, I thought he's wonderful. You know, he's the only thing that I was actually disappointed in was the moment that he breaks down with his daughter. In the... Um when they're chatting at the table. Yeah, when he says, you know, like, this is what I've been meaning to tell you all these years and I've not been able to do so because obviously he's in jail because he killed his wife, you know. Well, he, he um, disabled his wife. So, yes. Yeah, because well, the daughter then says, yeah, I had to look after her for all those years. That's right. So, you know, uh, it's a drug-related thing and it was a burst of anger and basically he broke her skull against the kitchen sink for throwing his drugs down the, the mm. toilet. So... Um, and I think that moment, for me, it just didn't quite work. It felt not... I don't think it was written well enough. Yeah. I mean, to, to an extent, it's there to give information to the audience about... Because you don't know until that point why he's in prison. Yes. Um, so partly, it's just a relief to learn why he's in prison. Hmm. But um, it doesn't feel like what he's telling his daughter is purposeful to me. You know, like, it, of course he would be sorry that he did what he did... Maybe this is the first time in years that he would have ever opened up about it, and you get that he's opened up because he's developed this relationship with the horse, mm. um, and that's given him access to his emotions, whatever it might be. But it didn't feel purposeful enough. It didn't feel... I don't know. It's meant to be the climax of the film, mm. right? So, and and uh, I think it is an important moment, and clearly it's something that she doesn't know about, right? So it does feel like a revelation and so on. But I think it is kind of, um, I think he's poorly directed because, you know, he does this thing with his eyes. It's almost like a patterning of gestures, right, where he's trying to hold everything in and at the same time kind of trying to find a way of telling his daughter without breaking down. And, you know, the pattern of gestures, it felt like, I think it was very poorly directed, you know, because... I mean, he is really so great in, mm. in, in this, even, I think. But this is his big moment, and it kind of... It doesn't quite work. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, f I felt the moment... The, you only see that social worker twice. One is at the start, when she's interviewing mm. uh, Roman, and the second time is a little later on in a sort of therapy group thing with, with a number of different inmates. And the question that she asks is... Um, how long have you been in prison? And it, and for Roman, it's 12 years. Some of them have been there 10, 15. There's a guy committed murder who's been there since he was 12 and he's now like 60-odd. Mm. Um, and then she asks, and how long was it between the thought of doing the crime and the act of doing the crime? Mm. And for all of them, the answer is the same. A split second, five mm. seconds, 10 mm. seconds. And One says 22, very precisely. Yeah, he worked it out. <laughs> um, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, what an interesting perspective on kind of the difference. You know, the sort of how how something so small can make such a massive difference in your life. Mm. But I did wonder, what is the point of this? Because, um, like, I couldn't work out why why it was there, other than a kind of weird little novelty, like to say, because it, it's not like it's not like it's saying these these crimes were so um, spontaneous that they don't deserve the punishments that they've resulted no. in. It's not saying that at all. But it's an anger management class. That's why it is. So well, it's, yeah. it's about preventing things like that that could happen in a second and actually 
you know, so so it's all kind of manslaughter. I mean, you know, murder would mean premeditation, and and you know, the thing about it is all of it is really it's not premeditated. It's like a burst of anger that resulted in something that they didn't desire or want, but it has had these terrible repercussions for everybody. I thought that was the point, really. Yeah, I, suppose, I mean, obviously the film is talking about anger um, and, and outbursts and being able to control yourself and that sort of thing. That's a huge part of Roman's character. It's also but, part of the training of the horse. Yeah. Yeah, where he says, you know, that, um, you know, when they train the horses, one of the things, the, the best thing of all, is to actually go very, very slowly so that you know, you evoke the sense of the horse's strength and power, but have it constantly under control by being able to go slowly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was just saying in that particular scene though that it felt like um, it felt like all she was really achieving was to make the the um, make the inmates feel bad. Mm. Like I couldn't sort of work out exactly. I don't know. It just, it just felt like a weird little inclusion to me that I didn't quite have a handle on. Mm. I can see how it vaguely and generally relates to. The kind of core themes of the film, mm. but just the, the specifics of it left me left me feeling confused. Really, mm. um, well, I I mean, this is why I think it's kind of like a poor film. Really, um, the other thing that I have a problem with is obviously so. Um, you know, at the end they auction off all the horses, mm. uh, but he falls off his, and the horse turns against him. Uh, which then means that the horse is going to be put down. So, you know, you could see it coming a mile away, right? So he frees the horse, you know, the, uh, the only way out for the horse is really, you know, to break through the jail and kind of set him free. And you go, oh my God, like, right? Like kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, from the, moment, from the uh, moment that I saw they were inmates trading horses, I thought well, at some point there's an escape going on. Yeah. To be fair, I thought that it might be Roman escaping on the horse. Oh no, I didn't think that because you know he he clearly says he 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 prefers being alone. Yeah, he doesn't have to do people well. Yeah, but I thought that might be the lesson that the horse taught him. Ah, right. Well, <laughs> the, the that horse... was very early on. But I mean, it's absolutely right. You can see this moment coming a mile off. Yeah. So, um, so to me, that kind of leaves leaves me with well, actually, there's two performances that I really liked. One is. Uh, the the young black man who gets murdered. Uh, Henry, I'll just find his um, name. Jason Mitchell. Jason Mitchell, I thought it was fabulous. Uh, you know, he's really he's a warm and engaging and natural. And then he does these incredibly athletic feats on the horse. He was an uh, Easy E in uh, Straight Outta Compton. Ah, okay. Yeah, the uh, NWA film. Right. Well, he go. was great. I didn't believe for a second that Bruce Dern. You know, had no. been a rodeo driver, right? So he's he's basically kind of playing a kind of a cliche by the numbers, the ordinary old guy who, mm. you know. Uh, so um, yeah, so I I don't rate that uh, at all. So you know, kind of the I think the only thing that the film has going for it are the horses, the scenery, and Matthias Schneiders. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. But they were enough for me. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I, I agree. No, no, I kind of. I, I agree I with kind of every single criticism that you have of it. I, uh, I think they're completely fair, but still, the film, um, you know, kind of as simple as it was, those simple things 
mm. worked on me mm. and I enjoyed them. Mm. And I think you know it's a very easy watch. This isn't something as original or as challenging as like the Rider, for instance. Mm. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's um, I, I, I kind of yeah. Like well, like I said earlier, it plays one note, but I like the note that it plays, and I think it plays it quite well. And and it and it's hugely dependent on that performance by Matthias Schoenberg, mm. who is wonderful, mm. and he brings the film all its humanity. Yes. He's a joy to watch, actually, because um, he's, he, you know, he really, it's like, you know, with some actors you feel you can read their thinking, you know, and you can read their thinking not only through their, through what they say, but just through their eyes and through their body language. I mean, you know, his body language in this is fantastic, mm. yeah. Um, so, you know, he's, he's kind of like a coiled truck you know about to like push up to 100 or something um so yeah that was that was that was a pleasure and i'm glad i saw it i suppose the but, question that's, that's left is um is is there is there an ideological sort of um aspect to it not project exactly but something that is um because it is kind of ideologically so anodyne you um, know i just wonder I suppose a clue to this, you know, might be the director who also wrote the screenplay, right? You know, and my feeling, which could be completely wrong because I absolutely know nothing about this director, mm. uh, you know, but I bet you she's some kind of European French woman who loves horses and found this story in America and decided this will make a good story you know, without actually having the context or depth or background to have a view other than that. Yeah. Mm. Um, Find out. We'll she's uh, French. Yes. Uh, Voila! <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, her name is Lord de Clermont-Tonnerre. I mean, no, but she could have been an American. She I mean, could have been an American, but she's not. She's very French. Born in Paris, which is the Frenchest of all the places. Voila! Um, uh, 36 years old. She's an actress as well. Um... So my theory is right. <laughs> this is her first feature. She made a short film uh, seven years ago. Um, that's I. Um, Le Chevaux Libre. <laughs> it's called Atlantic Avenue. Uh, uh, it's called Atlantic Avenue, and um, there's someone. There's there's a prostitute in it, and a young girl with glass bones. Don't know anything about it. Anyway, she was in the Diamond Bell and the Butterfly. Oh. Okay, so I've seen her. Diane. I... She was Diane in it. Who's Diane? Um, is Diane the nurse, I wonder? And I, may, I don't. Maybe her role wasn't that big in it. Maybe Diane's just the name of a minor character. Um, anyway, but she was in it. <laughs> well, I've seen it, so... so well, that's uh, a great film. Yes. Um, anyway, I, so, I mean, to me, that explains that explains a lot, really, yeah? You know, if she's mm. a, if she's French, if she's a Parisian, you know, she's making kind of this film, and I'm not surprised that she doesn't have an analysis. Yeah. But the film requires one, and you know, and the story deserves one. There's layers of texture and context that are missing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Good. And yet. You love it. Yeah, I liked it. 
The one thing that I forgot to say, and that I would like to actually, is um, the, 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 the woman who plays the daughter, I think is very, very good. Yes. Um, so, can we find out her name? Do you know, I think we probably can. Her name. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Martha. Uh, Gideon Adlin. Gideon. Okay, that's an odd name. Uh, she looks kind of Latina or, you know, um, which I thought kind of again would add an interesting thing to the story. If, if it had been more fully fleshed out, um, you know, if... Yeah, if, no, Gideon. Her first name's Gideon. Hmm. From Gideon Adlin. There you go. Who knew? Okay. Her, well, her, her siblings are called Odessa and Rocky. So I think her parents were hippies. Right. Clearly. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, she's wonderful. She's got, again... I mean, I don't think the character is very well written or well directed. Because she's, she's you know, she's sullen and angry... And, you know, and she's made to be sullen and angry for too long, right? And it's only at the end that her own feelings about her father mm. come out. And, you know, they could have been conveyed in a more mixed way, yeah, at the beginning. Um, but I do think that's the director's fault because she's got this lovely presence and this kind of luminosity, really, and kind of... Um, this distance. I mean, initially, I thought he was his, she was his wife or his partner. I thought they or, were brother and sister, actually. Or, yeah, or brother and sister. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it kind of it changed. Initially, I thought it was the wife. Then, of course, when she says, well, grandmother, mm. yeah, then I thought it was brother and sister. And then only later is it revealed that it's his daughter. So, um, but, but I loved her in it. I thought, you know, she really kind of, um, she brought real presence. Uh, and also, again... Uh, you know, you felt you could read her thoughts, yeah? Mm. Um, except, I do think, you know, the way the character is written and directed, that thought was too one note, yeah? But mm. um, I thought in the big moment, actually, she was more affecting than he was, you know? Yeah, I think that's probably... I'd probably agree with that. Although I like, you know, I mean, I, I like seeing a guy break down on camera. Yes. You know, you boys. Know. And he does it in the right... Like, he does it in that um, Michael Caine way mm. of... You know, Michael Caine said, women will cry and men will do anything but cry. Yes. And he has that, yes. you know, kind of trying to fight it back. But he is yes. crying and his eyes are red and all the rest. And yeah. there's that shot when she gets up to go and he grabs her arm and um, he looks up at mm. her kind of pleading with his eyes. I mm. thought that was a wonderful shot and a wonderful bit of performance. Yes, I think so too. Um, so... so Fairly middle of the road, you know. It's not. It's not going to challenge anyone's preconceptions about anything, um, but there are some very pleasant things. In it. And and also, I hope this breaks, this creates opportunities for Matthias Schonaerts because, you know, what he's demonstrated now in this role is that he can play a blue collar, salt of the earth American. Yeah, you know. wasn't he in um, the uh, Jennifer Lawrence film, The Red? Red, what's it called? Sparrow. Red Sparrow, the Russian he, spy thing. If he wasn't there, he was probably playing a Russian mm -hmm. or yeah, something like that, right? Like, you know, so he's, you know, I've seen him play many things now. He's played like, you know, Nazis and all kinds of things. But he's always, at least in my memory, you know, played Europeans, 
right and kind of this is the first time I've seen him play like you know a kind of a working class kind of American and he plays it really well and convincingly I mean it's one of those things where if you didn't know he was Belgian you wouldn't have any clue it's not like his accent is you know exactly anything like that um so I hope I hope this so kind if of if this is the film that breaks him to America, then it'll be deserved. I w- I'd be surprised because it's I, it's not going to be a big box office success. What yeah. I, what I mean is not to break him to America as a star, but to break him to casting directors or <laughs> or other directors. I this guy can play, you know, something an, else, something else something other better. than just like, you know, the foreigner. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Uh, our social media is Facebook and Twitter at Eavesdrop Movies. Um, and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>